This is episode number 14 with Medal of Honor recipient Herschel Woody Williams. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on today's show. We have a really great guest for you today. It's an honor to have him on. Uh, His name is Herschel Woody Williams, and he is the last surviving Medal of Honor recipient from the Battle of Iwo Jima. Uh, Barbara had the chance to interview Woody back at the beginning of the year, and we're going to share his story uh, on today's show. You know, veterans like Woody are referred to as the greatest generation. Uh, They really set the bar high for the rest of us. And there's been countless articles and videos that tell of Woody's story and how he earned the Medal of Honor and how he advanced time and time again upon enemy pillboxes with a flamethrower to kill enemies so our American forces could advance and ultimately win World War II. Uh, Beyond the battlefield, Woody has 33 years as a veterans service officer and he is paving the way for our military and their families to this day. Now his mission is all about honoring and paying tribute to Gold Star families for their sacrifice by erecting memorial monuments in their honor across this country. So far, Woody has erected 21 monuments across 37 states, and he has 47 more in progress. So listen in with Barbara Allen as Woody shares his incredible mission and the vision that he has for our Gold Star families. First, thank you. First, it's thank you for being here and doing this. Um, I'm told that you are working to get gold star monuments in every, in every state. Yeah. That was the original plan. Yes. Do you want to talk about that and tell like what what drove you to do this and how can people find out about it and Uh, how can we support it? And uh, I am so thankful that you asked that question because that's, that's the, it's very relevant to where we, (laughs) it's the thing that is most dear to my heart. Okay. Uh, Oh, that's all right. We'll get them later. Uh, for years, I attempted to uh, get a uh, Gold Star Mothers um, Memorial established in Washington, D.C. The reason I did that is I had a close boyfriend that's not a proper term in these days, but I had a close friend (laughs) that I went to school with for seven years. And my day, we went to a country school. We had no, there was no bus service to pick us up. And and, uh, my home to the school was a mile. His home to school was almost a mile and a half. So we would walk to school every day and walk home every day. And snow days, we didn't have snow days. Just that didn't exist. It, whether it snowed or not, you still went to school. So his name was Leonard Brown, and Leonard and I, he would have to walk by my house on the way to school every day. So we would just, I just join him, and and we'd pick up some other kids as we went along to school. And uh, so he and I lived the farthest away. So we just walk back and forth school every day and we became friends that way uh, my father died when I was uh, 11 years old so uh, Mr. Brown 
and then there's dad, sort of became a surrogate dad to me. Uh, I had brothers, but uh, they weren't a good they weren't good advisors. I didn't think so. If I really had a problem, I'd go to Mr. Brown because he was like a second dad to me. <clears throat> and uh, so through that system, Leonard and I became very close friends. When I went to the Marine Corps, I wanted Leonard to go with me to the Marine Corps, and uh, he didn't he didn't want to. He wanted to go in the Army Air Corps because he liked airplanes. I have no idea where that came from. But uh, he went his way in the Air Corps, Army Air Corps. I went my way in the Marine Corps. Our paths never crossed. We never heard from each other from that day forward. But in 1944, Leonard was uh, a nose gunner on a B-24. And they were stationed in the Philippines, Philippine Islands. And they were bombing the Japanese uh, forces. And uh, Akak Gun got his nose uh, cone that he set in out in front of, <laughs> front of the airplane and wounded him real severely. And they had to, they had to land. The nose was shot off of the airplane. And uh, Leonard lived about four days and, and died. And they buried him in the Philippines. Well, the only thing the mother and father received was the notice that their son had been killed, but no information as to what happened after that. <clears throat> and they thought, for whatever reason, that he was really missing in action rather than being dead. And that was their thinking when I got home in 1945. I went to visit with them, but I didn't know anything about this or anything that had happened to Leonard. And that's when I learned that he was just, uh, lost. But they told me that he was, they thought he was missing in action rather than deceased. Because the telegram really didn't say that he was wounded. But then nothing happened after that to say that he had really uh, died. <clears throat> so, uh, that stuck with me over the years, and uh, I worked with the Veterans Administration for 33 years as a veterans counselor. <clears throat> so I was uh, assisting Gold Star families, mothers and fathers, widows and children, with their benefits that they earned as a result of losing a loved one. <clears throat> so thinking about Mrs. Brown, and others' mothers, Gold Star mothers, which was constantly mentioned in news or newspapers, but nothing about the families of Gold Star. And uh, so that thought, those thoughts never came into my mind, and I had never heard anybody say Gold Star Dad. That just I don't know where it went or why it didn't come, but it didn't. So I worked for a number of years to try to get a Gold Star Mother's Memorial in the District of Columbia, because even today, there is nothing in the whole district, in our capital, that actually pays tribute to Gold Star mothers or families. There's nothing there, and I've never understood that. But 
I had tried various sources, my congressional people, I couldn't get uh, I couldn't get them to back me up or support it and introduce the legislation that needed to be done and and I was really frustrated and I'm, I'd just about given up. I, I thought I'd exhaust all the effort that I could. And uh, so one day I was invited to speak to a group of senior citizens about 200 miles from my home. And uh, when I got there, they had a large group in attendance. And I wasn't speaking about Gold Star Mothers or Gold Star Families. I was speaking about our responsibility as Americans, just having been born here and have the privileges that we have and the protection that we have and all the things that come our way simply because we're an American and our responsibility to do something for our country. That's my theme. And, uh, but during that period, I look back over the crowd and I can see some elderly mothers, I thought mothers, in the group. So I asked if we had any Gold Star mothers present. Several we had. And uh, so we naturally identified them and thanked them for their sacrifice and that sort. And uh, when the program was over, everybody left the hall except one man. One man stayed. And he was sitting just a few rows back and he had his head down I had no idea why he stayed. So just being polite, I said, sir, is there something I can do, some, something I can help you with? And he didn't still say anything to me. And finally, I turned around to pick up my briefcase and stuff that I had with me. And he walked up to within just a few feet of me and stopped. And I turned around, and there he stood, and tears were flowing down his cheeks. And the only thing he said to me, see, I hadn't mentioned Dad. I just talked about Gold Star Mothers. He said, Dad's cry, too. Broke my heart. So I asked him if he would sit and tell me what happened. So he did. And he said that, he was the only son, the only child of his mother and father. They only had one child, and he was it. They were both deceased. He and his wife only had one child, and he, he had a boy. And the boy wanted to serve his country, so he had already signed a contract to go in the Army, and he had his reporting date for basic training. The mother was ill not expected to to die, but she, she did. She died of cancer, and, and uh, but he still went in. He still wanted to serve his country, so he did. And he went to Afghanistan, and there gave his life. And when he told me that, <clears throat> I thought, how can we as a country, as a nation, as a people, not recognize these individuals like dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and cousins and those? Everybody suffers when there's a loss. You know, it's just not mom. I, I know mom does more, 
that, that child is closer to her than any other, but that's part of her. But everybody grieves. So on the way back home, I had about a two-hour drive. Uh, I kept thinking, what can we do to pay tribute? And I have to say this was selfish, very selfish. And I hope God will forgive me for that, but what can we do in West Virginia to honor 11,000 names? We've got a monument on our Capitol grounds that has 11,000 names on it of individuals who gave their life in the military in combat. They had to die at the hands of an enemy in order to be on that memorial. That's the way the legislature did it, for whatever reason. And we had never done anything to honor those families. So what can we do to do that? Uh, had to think of my brother. I had a brother that was World War II in Europe. He was in Patton's Third Army, got beat up terribly bad. Uh, only lived a short time after he got home. And I've always said that he, that he died of his wounds of his, from his service. But his name was is not on that memorial because he did not die at the hands of an enemy. And I've always felt that's totally unfair, but that's the way the legislature was passed and can't do much about that. But I decided we need to do something to honor the families of all West Virginians who died in the military from the time we were, became a nation or the time we became a state. <clears throat> so uh, I got with a group of people and uh, we were working on a veteran cemetery at the time, uh, trying to get the, the thing put together so we could start building buildings. And I said to the group, uh, I related to them what happened to me at Parkersburg, where I had that speech. And I said, we've got to do something here in this cemetery to honor those families. It's just not fair or reasonable. Everybody agreed. And uh, they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. But they said, well, it's your idea. You come up with the <laughs> what you want to do. So... Uh, I went home and began working on thoughts and plans, and I finally designed something that they would accept, and that's what we're doing today. And we did the uh, first Gold Star Families Memorial Monument, honoring the families in, uh, on October the 2nd, 2013, in West Virginia. And we thought, wow, we have done our job. We have honored those in West Virginia, just like we're supposed to. <clears throat> and we thought, we're done. Yeah. yeah. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. But with computers and internet and that sort of thing, it got more, you know, publicized. And then other communities saw it. And the son of a father who lost his life in Vietnam up in... Uh, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, decided, well, we need one of these in Valley Forge. So he took the ball and ran with it, and that's the second one we did <laughs> at Valley Forge. And from there, it just kept going. Today, 
There are 17 completed Gold Star family memorials all over this country in various states, uh, from California to Minnesota to Rochester, New York, to Florida, all over. And there's uh, about 31 of them already in the process of they're raising their money, they've got their location, they know what they want to do. Uh, there's uh, something like 50 that are forming around <coughs> over the country. Uh, so our goal when we started was, well, if we could just get one in every state, because every state have Gold Star families in them. If we just get one in every state, that would be our goal, and we set five years that we were going to try to do that. Well, <clears throat> it's going to far exceed that. Uh, in fact, in our little state of West Virginia right now, we have five. And I didn't have anything to do with wow. those. Five communities said, we have got these people living among us, and we haven't done anything in our community to honor them. So we need to do that. So they just took the ball and ran with it. And we've got them all over. They're, they're just... Ohio's got three already and a couple more in the process and uh, Kentucky's got three and Texas will outdo us one of these days because it's bigger and they always have to out they always have to be number one you know but uh, we had a call from uh, well I spoke to a group in San Antonio and I sort of challenged that you know. Uh, at that point in time, we didn't have any in Texas, so we sort of challenged them. <laughs> Little old West Virginia beat you. Well, that didn't last very long. <laughs> so uh, we had a call from the guy that runs four state veteran cemeteries in Texas, and <clears throat> and uh, he said, uh, "What do I have to do to put one of these monuments in in these my four cemeteries?" and uh, he was talking to my grandson, who is the exec officer of our outfit. They're, they do the work, I get the fun. And uh, Brent said, uh, well, how are you going to do this? Are you going to do one a quarter or one a year or whatever? And, and uh, he said, whatever you decide, we'll give you the first $5,000 to start your fundraising with. That's what we do as an as a organization or as a foundation. And he, he said, uh, oh, no. No, no. This is Texas. We don't need your money. And we're going to do all four of them at the same time. So that's Texas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's, eventually, they're going to exceed our, our state of West Virginia. They'll have more than five. But it is one of those things that, <clears throat> as I see Gold Star families come to the dedication and for the first time actually realize that this community not us, not me, not our group, not our foundation, but this community is paying respect and honor to those we lost in military service. And that's the whole key to the whole thing. Without communities and without folks being willing to work at it, it would be impossible. But communities are doing it, and every marker is different. Every monument is different, and it says something about that community.
and they decide what they want on it. We don't. Oh, wow. That's their job, you know. Oh. So <clears throat> in West Virginia, I'll just cite one. In West Virginia, when we did ours, uh, I had nothing to do with what goes on the monument. That, that's up to the group working with it. But we had some Gold Star Mothers on the committee, and that's rightfully so. <clears throat> we had a mother and a father who lost two sons in Afghanistan. Wow. And the Gold Star Mothers organization itself, those individuals, voted to put their, their image, their sons, on the sacrifice panel. And so it speaks of that community. They lost more than, well, they lost more than most. And uh, you guys lost more than most. So it is uh, growing by leaps and bounds, and we just came back from Hawaii where there will be one there. We selected the spot we're going to put it in, and they've already started their fundraising, and their committee is forming, so it'll happen. And uh, when we started this, I, I sort of made a commitment that if I'm able, I'll be to every groundbreaking when we break the ground, and I'll be to every dedication when we That's dedicate awesome. it. I, I've only missed one so far. I had two of them scheduled on the same day, one in Florida and one in Massachusetts. I couldn't make that. There wasn't no time frame could I work it out. So uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Dunford, agreed to represent me at Massachusetts. You can't so get cool. any better than that. <laughs> While I was down in Florida doing that one. I'd pick Florida too, <laughs> especially in February. So if there is a community out there who's interested in creating one of these memorials, Contact. Can, they go, can they go to your organization? That's right. We have a complete program set up. Okay. Everything they need to do it with, except okay. money. Except money. <laughs> except money. We give them some but we'll give the first 5000 Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll start the first 5000 awesome. Yeah. And that, uh, it's been very successful. Uh, it, I've been told by psychologists, I don't know anything about psychology, but I've been told by psychologists that if you have a fund that you're starting for a good purpose and you have some funds in it, it's easier to get other get people other to put in. Yeah. If you don't have any in there, people are leery. Well, if I do this, what are you going to do with it? Right. Well, if you've already got some and it's already earmarked for that particular purpose, yeah. then people feel more comfortable saying, okay, I'll contribute to that because I know where, where my money's going to go. So no. roughly, is there a ballpark span, how much each memorial costs? Is it, there a it really range? depends on that committee. Right. Now, some of them uh, have been as much as $60,000. Oh. But there have been some that have been $35,000 okay. because the committee went out and <clears throat> talked to a concrete guy. Who's the, who Say, okay, concrete now. guy, yeah. you want to get involved? Yeah, I'll donate to concrete. Okay. And then somebody else said, well, I'll donate to labor. You know, yeah. labor organization said, okay, we'll finish the concrete for you. <laughs> you awesome. know? And uh, so it, it depends on the community and, and that committee. Yeah. Okay. It's so interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm all excited so, now. 
Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for oh, you're welcome. doing this. And you're I am welcome. going to uh, I work as a veteran specialist in my county. Okay. And I do and I, so I'm plugged in with the, everybody there and kind of stuff. I think I might look into this oh. in my community. I well. never even knew it could be done. And I bet you that we could do it and that would be awesome. That would be something that yeah, Alice, we met you, with because uh, I met you. Like, man, I'm going to look into this. <laughs> we met with the secretary of uh, we met the secretary of Veterans Affairs, McDonald, Mr. McDonald, in in Washington, and got his approval that they can be constructed on Veterans Medical Center grounds. If and we're doing one down in. Uh, hmm, Virginia, someplace right on the beach. Uh, that they're doing one on VA, uh, VA medical center grounds there, <clears throat> Hampton, Hampton, Virginia. So uh, VA medical centers are a good place to do it to to do this because of the flow of people coming through that okay. are, you know that are sure. involved in this thing some way because yeah. so many of them had relatives or friends that they lost. And they were in service themselves, or there were families of service people. So it's a good place to put them. All right, mm -hmm. noted. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. Okay, everyone, that wraps up today's show. Thanks again for tuning in today. Uh, make sure you visit hwmohf.org. Okay, that's uh, Herschel Woody Williams' uh, website uh, for his foundation. Again, that's h www.mohf.org. Uh, you can donate uh, to Woody's foundation there, and you can learn more about his memorial monument project for Gold Star families. Uh, Barb also put together a great featured piece on Woody Herschel Williams on our website. So just head on over uh, to americansnippets.com forward slash 014. Uh, it's a great read. And while you're there, you know, help us spread the love, like, share, comment on the post, uh, do your part to help us spread this great story so Woody can erect even more monuments in the honor of Gold Star families. Look, American Snippets is the vehicle that gets stories like this out there, and we could really use your help uh, by leaving a review. So go to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and just leave us a simple review. It can really go a long way in helping more people discover our podcast uh, and learning more about the people we feature uh, right here on the show uh, that are making an impact all across this great nation of ours. Uh, the more reviews we get, the better. Uh, it's how we get discovered, and it's how we grow our audience. So please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a review. Look, the American dream is more than a cliche. It's a calling. And the call can be answered by anyone who is willing to work for it. And as Americans, it's just not our right to pursue our own dreams, but it's our duty to help others do the same. So double down on your American dream and head on over to americansnippets.com, subscribe to our newsletter, and commit to making a bigger impact in your life and in the lives of others. See you next time.